Esther chapter 4, verse 12 to 17. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Have you ever been in a difficult place? A place of heartache, a place of hopelessness, a place where you've wondered, where is God? Or you've questioned, why doesn't God change things? Why is God silent? Maybe you're in that place right now. The book of Esther is for you. The book of Esther tells a story of God's people living in a foreign land, but God is not even mentioned. Before the story starts, Jerusalem has been destroyed by the Babylonians. It's a horrific event. We read about the fall of Jerusalem in 2 Kings 25 and 2 Chronicles 36. Many were killed and a remnant of the Jewish people were taken captive, taken into exile by the Babylonians. Later on, the Persians would conquer the Babylonians, and after a proclamation by King Cyrus, some of the Jewish people returned to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and the temple. And we read about this returning and rebuilding in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. But the book of Esther is not a story of returning. It is a story of God's people living in a foreign land with foreign rules under a foreign king, Xerxes, king of Persia. Some translations give the name as Ahasuerus. How do you survive in a strange place with difficulty and opposition where God appears to be silent? And it is a joy today to speak light into darkness, life 
into despair, hope into discouragement in the name of Jesus. Because God is not silent. God does not disappear. God is at work. God is always at work in the seen and the unseen, in the known and the unknown, in the familiar and the foreign. God is present and powerful. And for the next two weeks, we'll look at the book of Esther, but instead of focusing on the book's themes, we'll focus on two people, Mordecai and then Esther. And this week, we'll focus on one big idea from the life of Mordecai, and next week, one big idea from the life of Esther. So what can we learn from Mordecai? We are introduced to him in chapter 2. He's a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. He had direct experience with the exile, with being taken captive. And now he lives in a foreign land, in the city of Susa. I named my first cat Susa. That's probably irrelevant to this story, <laughs> but you're listening. And from Mordecai, we can learn to prioritize people, to invest in the lives of others. We need to put our efforts into people. I like that when we talked about paving the parking lot, we explained the why, the reasons. Because the parking lot itself isn't important. It's a parking lot. It's the people that use the parking lot. The people are important. And when putting down pavement can make someone feel more welcome or give someone easier access to the building, that's what matters. It's the people, not the pavement. This is just a small example, but it speaks to how we prioritize our lives and what we value. Jesus didn't say, go and make fantastic church buildings and great programs. He said, go and make disciples. Jesus said, I will teach you how to fish for people. Jesus said that after loving God, the second greatest command is to love your neighbor as yourself. Love people. Prioritize people. Prioritize them above everything except God. Prioritize people over money. Prioritize people over time. That's a hard one. Prioritize people. Do we have our priorities lined up? with the heart of Jesus. I want to say that in many ways, I feel that I'm preaching to the choir. I'm encouraging you to do what you are already doing. And I want to thank you for investing in my life. Paul, formerly known as a gym teacher, for encouraging me, for praying for me, 
for doing practical things for me and my family. This even happened this week on Friday. And I thank you. So be encouraged and keep going. Keep on prioritizing people and look for those people who slip through the cracks because not everyone is as noticeable. Notice those people who others do not see. Remember those people who others forget. And if you are one of those people, God sees you. God remembers you. God is actively working to draw you to himself, to strengthen you and make you whole. God sees you. Let's look at the biblical text, the story in the book of Esther. And I won't go into every detail. I encourage you to read or reread the book of Esther for yourself. And if you're looking for a summary, I recommend the overview video on Esther by Bible Project. So to me, the start of the story, chapter one, it's pretty appalling, I think. The king throws this lavish banquet. Wine is served with no restrictions. I'm thinking, who's running the nation while this is happening? I, I guess somebody else is. And Xerxes calls for his queen, Vashti, to show off her beauty. His decision is deplorable. I mean, he's objectifying his wife, obviously drunk, and she refuses. Good for her. Go team Vashti. Vashti does not go along with the depravity. But sometimes the right moral decision comes at a cost. The king goes into a drunken rage. Vashti's out. An edict's written. It's just a mess. But God works in the mess. God can and does work in any situation. And in chapter 2, the king begins the search for a new queen. Enter Esther. But more about Esther next week. Let's for focus on Mordecai. What does he do? How does Mordecai invest in Esther's life? And the beginning of the story, the connection for Mordecai and Esther, is that Mordecai raised Esther. Esther, or Hadassah, her Jewish name, was Mordecai's cousin. In chapter 2, verse 7, we read that Mordecai raised her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. Esther was an orphan. And Mordecai took care of her, loved her, as if she was his own daughter. Sometimes, prioritizing people means that you invest heavily in the life of just one other person. Because you don't know how that investment will pay off. Let God be in charge of that. Mordecai didn't know 
that Esther would become queen. He didn't know the power and the influence that she would one day have. But he faithfully cared for her. He prioritized people. Often, when we invest in the life of another person, when we care for them, when we love them with agape love, God's love, we don't know where God will take them or how God will use them. Sometimes nothing seems to happen at first. It's difficult. Sometimes we're disappointed, even rejected. But it doesn't matter. We are called to be faithful, to prioritize people, to humbly and consistently reach out, serving and loving those whom God places in our lives. And we must never underestimate the plans that God has for one person. We must never undervalue the importance of spending time and energy and effort caring for an individual. When we prioritize people, we become part of something bigger. We participate in building God's kingdom. Mordecai raised Esther, and he continued to demonstrate his care and concern. Chapter 2, verse 11, every day, every day, he walked back and forth to find out how Esther was doing. I can totally see my mom doing this for me, by the way. <laughs> but he did this. He wanted to ch check up. He had a heart for her. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Mordecai also demonstrated loyalty. At the end of chapter 2, he uncovers a conspiracy against the king, a plot to kill Xerxes. The king is warned and Mordecai's actions are written down. And we see how later this becomes a key event in the story. Mordecai is also loyal to God. There's another character in the story, Haman. He's evil, but he's elevated by the king. We read this at the beginning of chapter 3. And everyone is supposed to kneel before Haman and pay him honor. But Mordecai, Mordecai will not bow. You shall have no other gods before me. And although it's not stated, we see by Mordecai's actions that Yahweh is his God. And God alone deserves this honor. But Mordecai's refusal to kneel enrages Haman. And it's not enough for Haman to kill Mordecai. He wants to destroy all the Jewish people. And tragically, anti-Semitism is on display in the book of Esther. And we continue to encounter it throughout history. Haman receives the king's permission to write an edict 
to annihilate all the Jews on a single day, a day chosen by casting the lot, the poor. That's where we get the word Purim from. So this is the incredible opposition that confronts Mordecai, Esther, and the Jewish people. Impending death on a specific day. And we read in chapter 4, verse 1, how this news causes Mordecai to lament, to tear his clothes, to put on sackcloth and ashes, to wail. And among the Jewish people, there was great mourning, fasting, weeping, and wailing. What can be done? Why is this happening to God's people? Is God even there? And Esther hears the news about Mordecai, and she is distressed. She sends him clothes to wear instead of sackcloth, but Mordecai refuses. And he lets Esther know what's going on. All the Jews are going to be killed. And Mordecai asks Esther to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead for her people. And Esther explains, but the king hasn't summoned me, so I'll be killed if I go before him unless he extends the gold scepter. Like, you know the rules, Mordecai. This is not a good idea. And that's when Mordecai speaks the words recorded in Esther chapter 4. Verses 13 and 14. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. For such a time as this. There's much we can learn from Mordecai's words. For one thing, he's he's direct and almost shockingly direct. Mordecai is speaking truth. Speaking the truth in love is a phrase found in Ephesians 4 verse 15. But Mordecai doesn't want to hurt Esther. He doesn't want to shame her, make her feel less than. It's actually the opposite. Mordecai wants to save Esther. And even more than that, he recognizes that she is in a position to save all the Jewish people. Mordecai motivates Esther to recognize who she is, what she has, to rise up and take hold of the opportunity that God has placed in front of her. Mordecai speaks life. And friends, we have the opportunity to speak 
to a dying world, to bring light to the darkness, to share hope with the hopeless, to rise up and take hold of our identity as children of the living God and to share the love of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit for such a time as this. And we need each other. We need each other for the provision of mutual care, help, encouragement, truth. Speak life. Prioritize people. Share a word of encouragement. Recognize someone's giftings and tell them. Support them in what God has called them to do. Pray for someone. Surprise someone with unexpected help or an unexpected blessing. We'll look at the rest of the story more next week. There's irony. There's a surprising reversal. And although God is never mentioned by name, it's clear that he is in control. God's working behind the scenes, changing situations, bringing restoration, bringing victory, bringing blessings. I'll ask the music team to come back up, but let's finish today's message. Let's jump right to the end. Spoiler alert. Chapter 10, verse 3. Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Xerxes, preeminent among the Jews and held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people and spoke up for the welfare of all the Jews. God raises Mordecai to second in the land. Reminds me of Joseph, story of Joseph. And what does Mordecai do? Mordecai continues to prioritize people. He works for the good of people. From his position of second in the Persian Empire, he speaks up for the welfare of people. Let us work for the good of others. Let us be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let us speak up for the welfare of others in the name of Jesus because there's power in the mighty name of Jesus.